Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we want to talk about the very real reality that teaching is tough. I mean, there's just, there's just no doubt about it, right? I mean, yes, it's wonderful. Yes, it's rewarding. It's this incredible job and calling. And, you know, many times I'll say, you know, there's nothing I'd rather be doing. But at the same time, it's also really tough. And, and I don't even have to tell you why. Like You already know. You might be experiencing all of it right now. You might even be starting to buckle under the weight of it. So what we want to talk about today is what do we do about it? How do we deal with the fact that teaching is tough? And how do we respond when the challenges of teaching loom larger than the joys? When we're overwhelmed and underhelped? When, if we're being honest, we might even be wondering if we can keep doing this much longer. Well, if this was your typical teacher podcast, you'd probably hear me tell you about how amazing you are and how you can totally do it. Uh, maybe I'd remind you of all the kids that need you and the difference you're making. I might even advocate for self-care and self-appreciation and tell you to take some time to do something that you love. But here's the thing. While there'd be some nuggets of truth in that advice it would actually be missing the whole point. And in some cases, it would even be obscuring the main point. At least, it certainly would for those of us who are followers of Jesus. Because as followers of Christ, how we face adversity should be radically different than how our colleagues face it. Well, why? Well, because we have access to the true answer, to the unending source of strength, the sure rock and rest and hiding place when challenges buffet us on every side. Because we know the true meaning of life, the reason for our sacrifice, and the high calling that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Because even though we often forget it, Jesus changes everything. But let's make this practical. What exactly does that look like? Just knowing that Jesus is the answer is certainly where we need to start. But how do we take that and translate it into our day-to-day life when teaching is difficult? Well, let's talk about it one piece at a time. First thing we need to do is we need to know who we are in Christ. We must start by understanding and remembering that our identity is found in Christ and in Him alone. He has given us His righteousness and made us His sons and daughters. We are in Him and He in us. So why does this matter and what does it have to do with teaching? Well, because often we forget this truth. And instead, we seek for our identity, and we often place our identity, in other things. It might be the approval of our principal, good marks on our evaluation, our own sense of accomplishment, or the success of our students. 
We look for value and worth in these things, and that's where we get our satisfaction, our sense of accomplishment. So anytime we're looking for value and worth in anything other than Christ, we set ourselves up for a terribly hard time because as soon as these things start to go wrong, and inevitably at some point they will, we start to feel worthless, invaluable, incomplete. We lose our sense of identity and we start to flounder. What we must do is turn back to Christ and remind ourselves of who we are in Him. That who we are has nothing to do with how good of a teacher we are and everything to do with what Christ did for us. See, when we see ourselves as He sees us, as redeemed, set apart, declared righteous, loved, then and only then are we free to pursue excellence in our career, in our calling, without the chains of fear and self-doubt holding us back. Once we realize who we are in Christ and remind ourselves of these truths, next we need to think about the purpose of life and realize that life actually isn't about being happy. Now, this is totally the opposite of what our culture is bombarding us with day after day. Our culture tells us to pursue our own happiness, that that's what matters most. But that is not at all what our goal should be as dedicated Christ followers. The Bible makes it clear that we are pursuing something much higher than our own happiness or even sense of fulfillment. We were created above all else to glorify God, and His glory, not our happiness, should be our daily aim. We can and should glorify God in the good times, but it's often during the difficulties and the challenges that we can best showcase His grace and testify of His goodness. So when teaching gets hard, we have a choice. We can bemoan how unhappy we are, or we can take a higher view and look for opportunities to give God glory. We can remember that God has a plan that is bigger than us and look for the meaning behind the challenges, meaning that goes far deeper and accomplishes far more than our own temporary happiness. Which brings us to point three. Number three, we must trust that God has given us these challenges for a reason. You know, when we're facing challenges, it's easy to just focus on the challenge and how much we hate it and how much we wish things were different. But honestly, it really boils down to a choice. Do we trust God or not? Do we believe that he is in control That this challenge has either been appointed or allowed by him? Do we trust that he has a purpose and that he will bring good from it even if we don't understand it right now? Remember his promise in Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those to... uh, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And the next verse goes on to say, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. 
you know, there's two different reasons. There might be more than this, but there's often two different possibilities when God brings a trial into our life or, or just a difficult circumstance, like the daily challenges of teaching. You know, sometimes God brings difficult circumstances because he has someone he wants us to help. Uh, maybe that student who is seriously making you consider quitting has actually been placed into your life by God because he wants you to reach them. Maybe that administrator who's about to drive you to insanity is actually hurting inside, and God wants you to be his vessel to show them his love. See, sometimes God has someone that he wants us to reach in tough times. But there's another possibility as well. Sometimes God brings us through difficult trials to teach us something. And that goes back to Romans 8, 28 and 29. He wants us to conform us to the image of Christ, to make us more like him. So that means that when teaching gets hard, we should be looking for ways to grow through the challenge. We need to ask God to do his work in us and be open to the lessons that he is trying to teach us. And remember to trust that whether God wants you to make a difference in someone else or whether he wants to make a difference in you, or most likely for both in many cases, he is working everything out for his good purpose. Before we move on to the next point, I want to tell you that we've uh, compiled some songs, uh, some songs and videos that I think you might find encouraging and helpful over at the blog post that goes along with this podcast episode. So if you want to check out those songs, you can find them at teachfortheheart.com slash teaching is tough. All right, number four, we must surrender to God's plan, even if it means giving up our own. So once we understand and believe that God hasn't made a mistake in giving us these challenges, that he has us right where he wants us for his own good purposes, we have another decision to make, and it's an important one. Will we surrender to his plan or hold on to our own? Because let's be honest, just because we believe God is in control doesn't mean that we like what he's doing. And it doesn't mean that we automatically submit ourselves to it. No, that's a choice that we must make, a conscious choice to surrender our own hopes, dreams, and plans to God. You know, so if you're in a a teaching situation you just flat out don't like, but you know God has you there for this time, you have a choice to make. You can complain and gripe and hate every minute of it, Or you can choose to trust God's good plan and surrender your desires to his. We all know it's not easy to let go of our own dreams, our own desires, our own ideas of how we thought things should go. But when we do, when we tell God that, you know, this is what I want, God, you know, this is what I want the situation to look like, but I'm choosing to to trust you. I'm choosing that whatever you choose to do, whether your answer is yes or no, or however you lead in the situation, I'm choosing to accept your plan over mine. When we do that, an amazing thing happens. This incredible peace 
the one that the Bible describes as the peace that passes all understanding. It fills our heart. And if you haven't experienced this, then I'm, you might want to ask yourself, have I really surrendered or am I holding on to what I want? Am I only happy if God answers my prayer the way I want him to? Or am I coming to him knowing that he is best and telling God, you know, hey, I'll, I'm going to I'm gonna share what I want, but I want what you want more than I want what I want. And when we do that, like I said, that incredible peace comes and we can finally rest even in the middle of a challenge or a difficult situation. It doesn't make it easy. We still have that hard road to walk, but we can rest in the knowledge that we're right where, where we are supposed to be. And God just gives us this incredible peace and strength to walk through it. If you're having trouble wrapping your mind around this, I hope you'll consider joining us in Teach Uplifted. In this program, we take six weeks to explore exactly what it means to trust in and surrender to God and how that translates into everyday life. You can find out more at teachuplifted.com. And if you're listening to this, when this podcast comes out, we're about to do a session together um, in early February. So jump on over there, check it out. I hope you can join us. If you're listening to this later, it's available year round at your own pace. You can grab your own group and go through it together. Uh, But if you're listening to this now, joining us, doing it, there's something about doing it together uh, with a whole group of teachers that really just makes it so much more powerful. So all that, once again, is at teachuplifted.com. One small but important caveat before we move on to the next point. When I'm saying to surrender to God's plan, I'm not saying you should never switch grade levels, never look for a new job, you know, never um, even leave teaching. But see, God may, in fact, guide you in that direction, right? He may have something for you other than teaching. He may have a new school or a new a new grade for you. But the point is that just because something is hard doesn't mean we should automatically be looking for a way out. We shouldn't be taking matters into our own hands, determined to find a way to fix the problem ourselves no matter what. Instead, we must trust in God and surrender our will to him. Then and only then are we really able to seek his plan and hear his voice leading us to either stay or go. So if you have a a decision that you're contemplating, you know, whether it is changing schools, changing careers, whatever the case, the key is to first surrender your will to God's, to, to tell him, I want you, I want to be where you want me, not what I think is my ideal situation. I'm, I'm trusting you above all else. Show me where you want me. And once we surrender, then, like I said, then we can hear God's voice clearly um, rather than just trying to figure it out all on our own. I hope that makes sense. We talk a lot more about kind of knowing God's guidance and, and a lot of nuances of that and Teach Uplifted as well. All right, number five, we must abide in Christ and teach in his strength, not our own. So if we're tracking together so far, we've settled our question of identity. We've realized that life isn't about being happy. We've chosen to trust God and surrendered to his plan. But where does that leave us in the day-to-day? 
How do we actually live out each difficult moment with grace, love, patience, and joy? Well, there's only one possible way. There's no way we could just muster that in and of ourselves. We have to abide in Christ. In John 15, 5, uh, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. It's truly that simple. Without him, we can't do anything. Uh, We are going to fall on our faces and fail more often than not. But when we are in him, we will bear much fruit. We will be full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, all the things we need to deal with all the difficulties of teaching. And it's not because we are so great, but because his power is flowing through us and his spirit is producing his fruit in our lives. So what exactly does it mean to abide in Christ? Well, that is a loaded question, but if I try to boil it down to a nutshell, if I'm going to give it my best attempt, I would say that it means to give, to give our lives to him and ask him to change us, to surrender our will to his each day and choose his ways over our own desires, to spend time with him and to know him and his word. We explore this concept together in much more detail in Teach Uplifted, and we hear from uh, teachers and Christians who have way more insight into this than I do. And uh, honestly, their truths have helped me so much, and we've compiled a lot of them together inside Teach Uplifted. Uh, Once again, in that program, we're going to talk about finding joy in teaching through Christ, even when things are difficult. I hope you can join us. Once again, it's at teachuplifted.com. Finally, number six, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, how to think, um, what to, what, what to, how to react, but number six is a very practical point, and that's that we must make time for rest and spiritual refreshment. I mentioned in the beginning of this post the concept of self-care, and self-care is a huge buzzword these days. But there's more than a little truth in this concept because God designed our bodies to need rest and he designed our spirits to need refreshment. When God created the world, he rested on the seventh day. Now, we don't think for a minute that he was actually tired, but he took the time to rest as an example to us of what we need. We need time away. We need downtime. We need space to reflect and reconnect with our Savior. That's the way God designed us. That's the way God created the world. Too often as teachers, we get this martyr syndrome that says we just need to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, regardless of the toll that it's taking on our bodies, on our spirits, or our families. But if we're doing that, we are ignoring God's pattern of rest and Sabbath. Do you remember the story where Jesus is lying down and sleeping in the middle of the storm? Maybe that's what we should do too. And yes, I mean literal, actual sleep. I also mean inward renewal. This can and should come from Bible reading and prayer. 
But it should also come from activities that energize us. Uh, Last summer, I read the book Zeal Without Burnout by Christopher Ashe, which I do highly recommend and which I link to in the notes um, for this at teachfortheheart.com slash teaching is tough. But let me read you this quote from his book. He says, I think it is a mistake to consider renewal by the Holy Spirit as separate from renewal in our embodied well-being, our bodies, our emotions, our affections, and our thoughts. Times of quiet, enjoyment of beauty, the experience of of refreshing exercises, stimulating sport, wonderful music, wholesome reading, and conversation can at their best be God's handmaidens to spiritual refreshment as they are combined with hearing afresh the promises of God in the gospel. It's a pretty powerful quote, isn't it? Uh, concept being that uh, these other these things that renew us, uh, that refresh our spirit, uh, are God's gifts to us, and not something that we should view as a luxury, but something as a necessary part of our renewal. So please, let's not try. Let's try not to be martyrs, right? Or on the other hand, superheroes thinking we can just do it all. Instead, we must embrace the way God has created us and prioritize at least some time for actual rest and also for refreshment. I will tell you it is amazing, and you've probably experienced this, how much easier it is to think clearly, to think biblically, to remember all these truths, and to face our challenges correctly, abiding in Him when we are rested and when we are refreshed. Thanks for joining us and walking through these truths together. I know it's not common advice, but I believe it's what we truly need in order to thrive through all the challenges of teaching. And while I pray this podcast has been helpful, I also realize that one 25-minute session is probably not enough. Dismantling wrong thought patterns and replacing them with truth is not easy, and it often requires discussion and meditation over an extended period of time. Once again, that's why we've created Teach Uplifted, a six-week program that will help you find joy and peace in teaching by learning to trust in and surrender to God day by day. We're going to walk through all the challenges and questions together and discover what God has for us in his word. And once again, you can find out all the details and reserve your spot now at teachuplifted.com. Let's pray before we finish. Father, thank you for these teachers. Thank you just for the technology that allows us to to talk and to share your word um, through this podcast. And I pray for each teacher right now that's listening, that you will encourage them in you. I pray that they will look not in themselves for strength, but to you. Um, Help each of us to understand what it means to trust you, what it means to to surrender to your will. Um, make Make you our priority, Lord, above all else. And just each, each teacher is facing a unique situation. I pray that you will give them what they need today. Show them the truths that they need and just show yourself mighty and strong in each situation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you guys again so much. Uh, once again, all of the accompanying songs and links are at teachfortheheart.com slash teachingistough. And I hope you can join us in Teach Uplifted at teachuplifted.com. 
Thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.